once again, you have someone live and local on your radio. Coming up, join Patrick Lally as he looks reality straight in the face on the Talk of Sioux Falls. Information 1000 KSOO. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to a holiday-shortened week here on the Patrick Lally Show. Thanks for sharing some of your precious time with us today on Information 1000 KSOO. Uber producer Dan Peters is off for the week, spending some time with family, which if you know Dan and the hard work he puts in here at KSOO, it's richly deserved, richly deserved. So I'll be flying solo again today, doing my best to guide you through two hours of high-minded conversation on local politics, news, sports. Uh, let's just say it's a little heavy on local politics, but that's okay today. We're, we're entering the season of local politics. There's a lot going on. It's just not, it's not just the politics and the mayor's race. There's a, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole that downtown parking ramp thing that's raising some hackles, uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I think we need to dispatch with a couple things right out of the gate, okay? If you're a regular listener to the Patrick Lally Show, you know that I, was, I had high hopes, high hopes for my coyotes this weekend down in the Dakota Dome, and they did not prevail, uh, unfortunately, did not play their best game, good game, 31-28, but, you know, they, they didn't make it. But I'm heartened, I was gutted by the loss, but I'm heartened that they made the playoffs for FCS football for the first time. Uh, they, uh, I actually couldn't watch the first half. I, I couldn't do it. I ended up running some errands and dropping in and out of the radio uh, listening to the game here and there. And it was, it was going well. Things were going well. Uh, but I, I, as second half, like after the half, second half started, I stopped at a local watering hole, which for the purposes of this discussion will remain nameless to catch some of the, the second half, most of it really. I was hoping for a bit more of an encouraging crowd. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, I ran into a passel of these uh, little jackrabbit fans, you know, these people, you know who I'm talking about. I just want to say for the record, for the record, okay, not all Jackrabbit fans are annoying. I know that. I, I know that. They're not the Bison. All Bison fans are annoying. North Dakota State, that's without, without saying, okay. Not all Jackrabbit fans are, but for some reason, I tend to find the ones who are, and that's kind of what happened on Saturday, but I got through it. It's good, good game, good win for the Jackrabbits and all that. So now we're in the postseason. Uh, so the Yotes have to go down into Louisiana somewhere and play some team, thump up on them, and then go into the next round. Jackrabbits get a bye and then get to play. Uh, I can't even remember who the winner is. They play the winner of the UNI game. So UNI probably coming back. You know, and UNI thumped them up there the first time, so we'll see how that goes the second time uh, if they can get through that first game. I just, you know, go Yotes. We're still still going, baby, still going. Uh, but the real news is the one of the reasons I couldn't catch the game is that my new bike came in. Yes, new bike day, people, new bike day. Alert the media. Oh, it's glorious, glorious. And you might be saying to yourself, and you know, rightly, rightly so, uh, with some merit, doesn't the man have enough bikes? And the thing is, that's that's true to a certain extent and i needed something better though for both the winter uh and for adventure biking i've had various winter bikes over the years and i don't have any of those now uh and i've done more bike packing and stuff so i, I wanted to change i need a little change 
And I've been wrestling with this decision for a while. And I'd recently called my bike herd and, and sold off wheels and stuff. Anyway, so I sold off a bunch of stuff. Okay. And I had a bit of a slush fund then built up for this purchase. That was my goal. And I settled on a lovely purple salsa Fargo and it arrived Saturday. And so I had to, I had to go get it. Okay. I had, when I got the call, I was like, I'll be right there. And it's a lovely bike. Lot, there's lots of great bikes and brands out there. It makes it really tough these days to pick what you want. There's so many different kinds. Um, I, I posted a picture up on the uh, P. Lally Show Twitter feed and on my personal Facebook page if you want to see that bad boy. And I'll, I'll probably write a little something for KSO.com because that's what I do. You know what I mean? I think that there's probably a lot, enough uh, uh, people uh, exposing themselves and that sort of thing for news you know, that shows up in the police blotter. There's enough of that on KSO.com, you know, and other stuff. That's not all it is. But the other, the news, I write about the things that interest me. Politics, bikes, sports, that kind of thing. So, any huge. Uh, I got, so I picked up the bike and it's it's great. Um, I, I really like it. I, you know, the rest of the details of the bike, you know, and they're not important here, but just, it's it's beautiful bike. Uh, and now I'm ready for uh, Riddlebox. There's a winter bike race and running race, and uh, it's a ultra marathon, 50k run. There's a 107 mile bike race. I'm doing like a 25 miler, I think, is what I'm shooting for. That's December 9th, uh, sponsored by Two Wheeler Dealer here in town. So I'm looking forward to that. It gives me something new. You know, that's what you got to do every once in a while. You got to shake it up, shake everything up, so you can find some new uh, new motivation. And that's what I was looking for here. And as I head into the winter with every intention of riding that bad boy to work as much as I can. Is there anything better than a new bike, though? I I don't think there is. It just doesn't matter how old you get. A new bike makes you feel like a kid, free to ride, roam the neighborhood with this unbridled sense of joy. Uh, And, you know, I, I was reminded of that again this weekend. It's just fun. We've got a great for, show for you today. Our guests are former city councilor, current businessman, eh, semi-retired, and mayoral candidate Jim Entman. He'll be in the studio to talk about his vision for the city and the April election. Smart Cyclist will be in studio, people. He is coming to the studio for Weird Friends. He's pinch-hitting for the Boone Man. So if you're keeping score at home on your scorecard, scratch Boone, put in Smart Cyclist, batting fourth, playing third. City Councilor Teresa Staley will also be dropping by for a quick conversation about the parking ramp and hotel project that was announced last week. I tried to get her last week. We couldn't hook up, so we, we just do it today. So, as I said, a little heavy on the local politics today, but it'll be fun uh, because I've got the P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, uh, we've got a stupid man update. Uh, we've got a little bit about the pipeline and some what I believe to be really good news following up on the football stuff. Yeah, And it's not football but it's really good news. So you're going to want to stay tuned for all that. This is the Patrick Lally show on information. 1000 K S O O. Brian Kilmeade. Chris. 315 on the Patrick Lally show information. 1000 K S O O. Closer to Free by the Bodines, the theme song of the PL statement. And that's what time it is on the Patrick Lally show right now. Every day at this time, I, 
I go through the news and I look for things that uh, attract my attention for various reasons that uh, I want to tell you fine folks about. Sometimes you know about them, sometimes you don't. Uh, and I sort of want to uh, give my perspective on it, my perspective. And uh, I like to hear from you what you think. So don't be afraid to use the Twitter feed at P. Lally Show to respond if you'd like. Uh, first off, something we've been doing recently, and that's the uh, Daily Stupid Man update. Uh, as a as the sexual harassment and uh, uh, phenomenon <laughs> continues to sweep the nation, the Me Too movement and everything that's coming out. Today is a return for uh, Senator Al Franken of Minnesota. He is today's stupid man um, because a second woman now has accused him of improper conduct, saying he put his hand on her bottom as they posed for a picture at the Minnesota State Fair in 2010 after he had begun his career in the Senate. So that's that's bad. The woman's name, Lindsay Menz, she told CNN uh, for a report that broadcast today that the interaction made her feel gross. She said she immediately told her husband and that Franken had grabbed her bottom, and she said she posted about it on Facebook. Obviously, this comes after the whole Leanne Tweeden uh, uh, incident in which she accused Franken of forcibly kissing her during 20, 2006 USO tour, and, of course, the photo that goes with it. So Franken's, uh, it's not good for Mr. Franken, Senator Franken. Um, you know, he said that uh, uh, I, I take tens of, I take thousands of photos at the state fair surrounded by hundreds of people, and I certainly don't remember taking this picture. Uh, I feel badly that Mrs. Men's, Ms. Men's came away from our interaction feeling disrespected. So it, uh, it goes on and on. Um, you know, we'll see what happens next in terms of the stupid man update, but Knowing that there are plenty of stupid men out there, it won't be long. Uh, there have been other rel- revelations along the way recently. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor is leaving his show because of uh, what he says has become a bad atmosphere after some uh, allegations circled, circulated about him and uh, some other record company exec today. I mean, it just it's a constant barrage at this point. Um, the Keystone Pipeline, that's another issue that we've been watching here pretty closely. Uh, the it, the uh, route for the second Keystone line got approved today in Nebraska after the spill over l- last week. There was some question about that, but that was never going to stop this uh, decision or affect this decision. So they approved an uh, alternative route, I believe is what it was, and So they now need to go through another round of federal approval uh, that may be needed. We're not sure yet. Um, Of course, this is the one that goes from uh, through western South Dakota, from up in Alberta, down to uh, through Nebraska, down to Texas. Um, And as I've said many times, we already have one Keystone pipeline. It goes the one that leaked is the one that goes uh, right by Sioux Falls, 30 miles away to the west and right by Canton to the south. And, uh, you know, we all watched it go in and wondered what it was. Well, some of us knew what it was. It was Keystone Pipeline, but nobody seemed to have any problems with that. Uh, now that it's become, you know, cause celeb, everybody cares. Um, you know, that it's getting a lot of criticism over there. And the, the, the thing is, it's fine. I think that the, the, the discussion is good. The, the uh, uh, examination of it, it should be under a microscope. However, as I said last week, Pipelines are safer than trains, are safer than trucks. And if you want to stop pipelines, I want to hear 
what you're going to do about the gasoline that you put in your car. Me personally, I think we should use less gas. I think there should be a dollar a gallon tax on gas. It's way too cheap. It's way too cheap. What a two fifty a gallon or whatever it is. That's too cheap. That's not the cost of gas. Until you want to use less gas, which you should, then you cannot complain about a pipeline. Buy a bike, use the bus. No, nobody does these things. They ride alone in their cars all over town. And I understand that there are land rights involved and, and I understand that's an important discussion. At the same time, how does every farmer out there make their living? Gas. In fact, farmers don't pay the taxes that you and I pay for the gas they use on the farm, which is fine, which is fine. But it's got to come from somewhere. Where's it going to come from? Doesn't come from pipelines. Got to come from somewhere. Truck? You want those trucks driving around on your highways, breaking down the roads? Is that what you want? That doesn't seem to work very well. Train blew up up in North Dakota. Remember that? And trains are pretty safe. Pretty safe. I just continue to be flummoxed by that one. So it got approved in Nebraska. That's the deal. Uh, Coming home, though, something I'm actually much more excited about, and that is news over the weekend that a South Dakotan uh, who is a USD grad, uh, he is named a Rhodes Scholar, and it's uh, obviously people know what the Rhodes Scholar is, scholarship. Uh, Joshua Ahrens of Yankton is among 32 men and women chosen for postgraduate studies at Oxford University in England, a a very, very good uh, award for this young man and he, this, this kid is amazing, first off. So he graduates from USD with an undergraduate degree in chemistry and a 4.0 grade point average. Okay, that's in and of itself is pretty impressive. I once was a chemistry major at USD. I made it about three semesters <laughs> until I hit organic chemistry and, you know, spectacularly exploded on the surface. That's a, to get a 4.0 in chemistry, man, that's, you're a smart dude, obviously. Uh, so he's an advocate for science-based policymaking, which is good. Aaron's researches a wide ver- range of environmental problems and solutions, including the role, automobi- the role of automobiles in society. He led a campaign to name the University in Vermilion a sanctuary campus. Now, this is where it gets really good, okay? So he's also a Truman Scholar and a Fulbright Scholar. He's a fifth-generation South Dakotan who grew up on a cattle and crop farm while at Oxford, he plans to pursue an advanced research degree in environmental change and management. So, you know, we for you know, the road scholars they don't come along every day. But my quick research indicates that this is the at least the 10th road scholar from USD. That's a lot, okay, from any one institution. Uh, that same research and this was quick research uh, indicates that about 80 other colleges and universities are in double figures out of somewhere around 300 that are on the list of schools that have produced Rhodes Scholars. So it's good company. And I, I don't mean this, I don't mean this as a, a slight by any rate, but I know people are going to ask, how many does SDSU have? And I, and I just, I looked, it's all on the list, one. And that, you know, good, on, I don't know who that person is, but good job, that one person. But I think it's important, I talked about football earlier, all right, and I've been talking about football for a couple of weeks, and And, you know, I like football. We all like football, right? It's a good sport. It's fun. I like basketball. I like baseball. It's 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 part of the collegiate thing, right? 
But I think it's important to note that these academic achievements when they happen as much as we do sports, and it's never going to be as much as sports. I, I understand it, but this is an amazing accomplishment built over a lifetime of deep commitment to academics and learning, knowledge, insight, wisdom, discussion, research. That's the goal of higher education. And I think it's very important that we remember that today. You know, there's much hype and ballyhoo about sports and I understand it. You know, I get it. Um, it's, that's just part of life. But can't we also say, Hey, wow, look at this kid. All right. This is, this is an impressive young person from the state of South Dakota who has now won pretty much every major academic award there is in higher education. I mean, the Truman Scholar is amazing in its own right. A Fulbright is amazing in its own right. But then you put the Rhodes Scholar on top of that. I, I'm, I'm blown away by the accomplishments of this young man. And I, I don't know him, but I, I need to get him on the show. That's for sure. Joshua Ahrens of Yankton, one of only 32 people who were awarded the Rhodes Scholarship this year. I just, I, 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 it's hard to put into words. And that's part of the problem is, you know, there's no competition here. It's just human achievement. It's just the, the power of knowledge, the power of education. And it's something I talk about on this show all the time. Do you think that we would have, do you think that we can continue to produce Rhodes Scholars from the regential system if we take away tenure, if we uh, take away their collective bargaining rights so that it drives the top uh, academic talent to other places. We're already at a disadvantage because we're in South Dakota. And I've talked about this recently, about what the Speaker of the House, Mark Mickelson, said, uh, that he doesn't think collective bargaining is right for our kids. Well, that's wrong. And I was just reminded of that when I saw this news of this young man today. Because behind this young man is a collection of teachers and academics and family that have produced an amazing intellect. And you can't do those things if you are devaluing education and devaluing the people that make it great. So good on you, Joshua Ahrens of Yankton. Rhodes Scholar, Truman Scholar, Fulbright. That's an impressive accomplishment. That's the bottom line on the PL today. Agree or disagree, you can send me your comments. Patrick at KSO.com. You can follow us on Twitter at P. Lally Show and converse with us there as well. Always a good way, social media. And KSOO on the old Facebooks. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. We've gathered today's talkers. Kill me. 333 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. I can't believe the news today. See you too for our next guest. I love that part. Boom. It's you too for our next guest, which is, of course, the smart cyclist because it's Monday. Wait. Usually Monday is the boon man, but he ha- was unexpectedly called away by some. I don't know what it is. Some, let, We don't even need to know. I think he's up killing things. And I'm going to miss my day because Thanksgiving is right. Thursday, so right? Right, so this makes perfect sense. The smart cyclist is in, 
And uh, we're going to talk about things that are related to the stuff we do rather than, you know, the weird stuff that the Boon Man does. And I can mock him incessantly because he's not here. He's not here. Yeah, that's his problem. Uh, anyway, Smart Cyclist, thanks for uh, coming. And, and in a rare, weird friend moment in studio. Face to face, I made the trek over yeah, to Patrick I, Lally Central. I like this. I like it better when there's somebody here rather than just talking to the ether, <laughs> you know. And you know how phones are. Yeesh, things can go bad in a hurry. Yes. Uh, it, it, that, but anyway, um, tell me, we talked last week about, or maybe the week before, about the big dig-in fundraiser for mountain bike trails for a single track. Yes. I saw, I was not able to make it. Yes, you weren't. Because, as I mentioned earlier, I, I uh, was caught up in new bike fever. <laughs> I had new bike fever. In the, the only cure is more cowbell. Um, the, uh, so I didn't make it. I apologize for that. I'll be just I'll just give you some money before you leave. How's that oh, sound? Oh, perfect. I yeah. take money anytime. So the single track fundraiser dig in was for uh, building more single track over at Tut Hill. How did it go? It went great. We had about forty five riders. Wow. It was windy and yeah. it was cool. Coolish. Coolish. Uh, yeah, and we went three shops, ate food, talked at them, got them all in that in in those big rooms in those shops, and locked the doors and said. Hey, we're doing this and we're doing that. And at the last stop, we said, we're raising money. You can't leave till you give something. <laughs> and uh, that's the best way to do it. And we got a few dozen donations and we got over $2,000 to oh. start us off. Wow. <sighs> there yeah. was much rejoicing. I told you we're modest people. Yeah, that's pretty good though. 2000 Yeah. Great, great crowd. Great participation in it. We're saying we need, uh, we're hoping to get. We'd rather have 200 people give $1 than one person give $200. Yeah, that's right. I want those numbers. So. It's just like a political campaign. Exactly. Small donations. Every one of those people is a vote, yeah. right? Yeah, and we want to be able to say this many people care enough to give something. And that's so, really cool. Yeah. So you're, you're moving forward now. What's the next step before we get to go ride mountain bikes at Tut Hill Park? Uh, next step. Well, next steps, right? Yes. So uh, dig in right now goes till end of December. And that's where we're hoping to get lots of people with small donations. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal is 20000 So if we have not made $20,000, and we won't, um, we're going to go to places, businesses that can get us there. Got it. And you, there's some sort of, you're involved with the, uh, a national program that helps build trails, right? What's that called again? International Mountain Bike Association. Yeah, isn't there sort of a, a co-fundraising deal if you get a cut of the corporate donations and that sort of thing? Yeah, that's part of the dig-in thing is uh, while, while we're talking to our bike riding friends trying to get money from them, um, they are talking to their corporate sponsor friends. So uh, uh, I saw Fox Gear, mm-hmm. um, SRAM on there. Um, they are, Imba is asking them for money for dig in yeah. and then whatever those bigger businesses give that split between 68 projects around the country that are part of the national dig in. So, so you don't know how much you might get out of that. We, we don't know how much we'll get out of that. That's pretty cool. What's yeah. your real timeline for this? Do you um, I think that if we get our goal, then. I want to be one year from now is I want to be, I want Tut Hill to be ready. Wow. And, That's fast. And yeah, what that doesn't, what I don't know is how long it would take, um, trail arts, the, the business that we're hoping to be able to hire to build it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, what 
how long it will take them. So, yeah. so I'm just saying a year because I think they could do it in this season. Yeah, really cool. Um, um, yeah. Of course, uh, the smart cyclist is uh, president of Fast. You have been president of Fast, I which have, is Falls Area Single Track. I've always been treasurer, treasurer, a founding a founding person so of Fast. You're and still on that board. Been with it for nine years, and working. you're the new president of Fab. And I went on a Fab ride Friday night, that Starlight ride, and then we went down to the falls to see the lighting. And there were 25 people on that ride in November at night in the cold. Yeah. So it was a big white, big weekend. If you saw groups of people riding around, that's what was going on. We're getting our friends together. And, and yeah, it's, you can get good turnout these days for almost any type of ride that yeah. you put together. People love the bike and yeah. they love the trails. I mean, that's foundationally, that's what you're talking about here is that how much the, the multi-use path that wraps around our city has encouraged people to get out and do things. Absolutely. It's yep. really cool. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that's not why what we were planned on talking about today, but it's such a great topic that I keep returning to it. And I'm and really excited about the project. Yeah. It's been consuming all my free time for the last few days. So yeah. I bet. Last few weeks, actually. Uh, do you want to talk more about my new bike? No. It's, a, it's sweet. It's, it's purple. It's a Fargo. It's purple. And you can go look at it at the P. Lally Show Twitter feed. You can. Or you can park your bike. You can come out to Patrick Lally Show Central and just park your bike next to his. Oh, we should take a picture of it. I didn't that. scratch it. No, stay away from my bike. <laughs> I will take a picture of it on In, my way out. Invariably, though, when I get a new bike, here's what happens. The first thing I do is something really stupid <laughs> to put a big narf somewhere very <laughs> conspicuous in the frame. To always remind you of the first day you had it. Oh, every time. My, uh, my road bike, a very nice road bike I like a lot. I put it in the back of my car once and threw the bike pump in. Right on top of it. <laughs> stupid and did it ride back there your whole trip too yep just bouncing up and down on the frame yep yep Yep. (laughs) it's fine uh that's that's what i do anyway uh there are a lot of rides going on so i have this bike now and you and i have pledged to do the riddle box yes which is december 9th yes so did you do it last year i have not done it so you're you're a newbie as well yes absolutely um i get afraid of well Let's see. So I, the, I pictured the riddle box as a hundred mile ride. Yeah. And while I'm not afraid to ride in the cold, I'm a little afraid to go a hundred miles in the cold because at mile 50, you're an awful long way from anywhere. Yeah. So, that's right. so I have let the weather dictate my participation and maybe just the fact that it's December dictate my participation. Um, so if you're there, yeah. um, are there weather stipulations on our agreement? I think so. Because if we both agree that the weather sucks, we're not going to do it. That's how okay. that works. <laughs> okay. I just got to gauge our level of commitment to each other. But we're, I mean, you know, we have a high tolerance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've been biking in town to work yeah. now. This it's morning. Tr- we both today, but yeah. it was cold this morning, but it's awful nice now. It is very nice. The The thing about Riddlebox is that now they have this 25 miler for people like you and I. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. It'll be fine. We can suffer we a couple can, hours. We can, Yes. It'll we can fun. do 25 miles in most any kind of weather. So, uh, If you want to know more about the Riddle Box, there's also a run that goes with it. Go to Two Wheeler Dealer. They'll tell you all you want to know or just yeah, search Riddle Box. Yep, that's the ride, it. isn't it? I think it's like the fifth year for this event. I agree. Something I think, like yeah, that. That's probably about right. That's pretty cool. What else you been doing? You you don't just ride bikes, right? I got out this weekend to uh, to culture myself and with my family. What? Yes. Now, this is true. You have a very... Uh, you're, you're, you have a very diverse interest in your family. Yeah. You guys do a lot of really uh, wide range of activities. You've seen that poster, Expose Yourself to the Arts? Yeah. The guy with the trench coat open? That's you. Yeah, we try and Wait. see as much as the, <laughs> we <laughs> We try and expose ourselves and our kids to as much of that as we can. 
So, so what'd you do? So end of week, uh, before the weekend, we went to two on tap concert at the Washington Pavilion. And that's a song and dance couple. Yeah. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragdom. Yes. That kind of stuff. They went back as far as vaudeville. Um, But they're, yeah, they're in the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers kind of vein. You remember the singing frog cartoon, don't you? Yeah. The talking frog is singing frog. Wasn't that even a Looney Tunes? I think it is. That's classic. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Sorry. It's that kind of stuff. Cool. Um, Yeah. And, uh, so that's a fun deal. That's a concerts association. So it's a group of people who who raise money and and they decide as a group what concerts should come. They get a they get a menu of of 150 possible acts and they pick five and they do that every year at the Pavilion. Chicket chickets tickets uh, <laughs> <laughs> or chickets. It's a, I think that was a combination of chickens and yeah. Tickets. When you get your ticket, you get some chicken. That's um, a different deal. Yeah, subscribe to that series, and your <laughs> ticket is is really quite affordable. And so while it <laughs> seems a little bit odd to go, you know, to uh, to uh, a song and dance couple isn't like the hottest act in the world, um, or even in Sioux Falls, but they claim that they're the only song and dance couple in the world. Um, and we went and saw them, and it was a good time. And you know, it, it reminds you of all those songs that your grandparents may have grown up with so I see. yeah and cool. that's, so that was fun and then uh sunday afternoon we went to the best one of the best plays ever the noises off oh, and that yeah. was at university of sioux falls yeah you know the i it's a good it's just fine it's a fine play everybody does it it's how to go <laughs> how to go it went fine okay and and yeah it's kind of fun uh my so friends of mine from college their son is now there and oh, okay. so he was one of the guys in it so it was fun to see him uh, you are in fact a cougar i am right? a cougar as well yes. a graduate of the fine institution my yes my i'm technically my son is now a fourth generation cougar is it fourth yeah i knew it was three technically my grandfather um, well, so my grandfather went to school and his records transferred to Sioux Falls College oh. from that from the school he went to when they went out of business or disappeared. And so then my father and then me and now my my wow. oldest son is a USF student. That's so. impressive. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. Congratulations. My, my parents met there. Jeez. Yeah. I've had aunts and uncles through there, cousins through there. So yeah. When you go on campus, do they have to like just bring you money or food or something. Just, oh, oh no, Michael's they, here. They still prefer that we bring the money with us. <laughs> but oh, that's right. But it's I can point, school. I can point to trees on campus that are there in memorial of my family members. So. Oh, man. Yeah. That is a sweet story. Yeah. So, yeah, we have pretty deep roots there at the University of Sioux Falls. Well, go coup. Yeah. Do you still call it the coup? Yes. I my favorite stop. thing to call it. So they changed from Sioux Falls College to University of Sioux Falls mm-hmm. right about the time I was there. Mm-hmm. So we call it the University of Sioux Falls College. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I do, in fact, have that T-shirt. Yusufuku? You, <laughs> we've never called it that, but that's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. That's what I'm going to start calling it. Uh, Smart Cyclist, thanks for coming by today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Glad I could actually come in and face-to-face with you. You may be the new Monday guest. We'll see how this goes. Uh, Coming up next, Teresa Staley is somewhere in the building, I believe. So that'll be fun. We're going to talk about parking ramps. Awesome. That's one of your... I should should care deeply about that. You just hang out. Maybe. No, that, that's you, interesting. You go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is the Patrick Lyle Show. That was show. not an invitation. On Information 1000 KSOO. He's changing the way. And it's 349 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to hook up with 
Teresa Staley, because last week when the big news broke on the whole uh, downtown parking ramp and all of that, the, the hotel and the, the things, and we, we exchanged some messages, but we just couldn't get it together and I couldn't get you on the show. So we brought you in on Monday. How's that sound, Teresa? That's Thank- great. Thank you for having me in today, Patrick. And, you know, it's, we, we always have a lot to talk about. We certainly do. So it's just great when you can stop by. Thank you. So you, let, let's get down to brass tacks here. The parking ramp and the hotel complex, the whole price tag on the thing, private, public-private partnership, believed to be the largest. It's essentially, what is it, like $30 million from the, $20 million from the city and $30 million from the, the developer, right? Roughly, that, that's, big numbers? Those are figures, yes. Okay. So you must be thrilled about this project, right? Well, first of all, Patrick, let me say um, that I'm not opposed to downtown parking. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to business growth and or and or development downtown mm-hmm. or anywhere in this community for that matter. And in fact, I spent this morning uh, with uh, the small group, uh, small business Saturday group, kicking that off with right. uh, downtown Sioux Falls Joe Bachelor, Jeff uh, Eckhoff, and John Brown, who are state and federal small business administrative. Uh, they they run the small business administration for those entities and. Um, if someone wants to look on Facebook, they can see where we went. We started at the Pave Lounge, and we wandered for several hours down to uh, ending at Ny- Nyberg's Ace Hardware, looking at, at what's happening with these small businesses. So I think that is fabulous. Uh, but what I'm really concerned with is, as I always am, is that I want to do what's best for the citizens. And, and I, I think on the council more and more we're seeing that we are the watchdogs of the purse. I mean, we, we are the holders of the purse, and we need to vet things out very thoroughly. So th- I had problems with this last spring. I, I when you st- say this, when you have problems. I, I had problems with this, this par- partnership. With the that was original. There was one project that fell through. That was the banks. This is that was yeah. That was before I got on board. Yeah, last summer, last spring, this thing emerged. Yeah, and that was there was an RFP that fell apart. Then they did the RFQ, which is the request for qualifications, and that's where this partnership emerged. Right, Right, and that was last spring, and that's when I started. Well, and at that point, they were talking it was going to be sixteen to seventeen million dollars for the ramp, Mm -hmm. and. I started asking about the investors. That was one of my main things. And I wrote a letter to the editor, Mm -hmm. and the Argus came out with an editorial supporting my requests. Mm -hmm. And then the the thing just disappeared. Uh, And and I was actually thinking it wasn't going to resurface again. So when this all kind of emerged last week, it it caught several of us off guard. Um, And they did a great job, great press conference. I think that, uh, and, and then of course it's morphed into twenty-one million mm-hmm. for these these parking spaces. Now, initially, I was under the ins- the impression when I started that we needed more parking for downtown. We need more parking, and I'm getting a sense that we need diversified parking. I mean, we need parking across the whole area, like over by the railroad relocation. Mm-hmm. We need not just in one spot, but we need parking for. In different locations downtown. Now, the the parking shortage that we have, as I understand it, isn't, you know, so that you can stop down and get a coffee. It's 
for people that work downtown, essentially. And so the, the squeeze here is that they're worried about being able to further develop the downtown business community because they don't have enough places to lease. Is that right? Well, I think it's I think it's also for people, patrons. I mean, this yeah, parking is for patrons as well. And it does get used at night for patrons and that kind of thing. But really, the squeeze is leased parking. And I'm I'm not sure if if I would even call that a squeeze though. We we took a when this was coming initially coming out, we took a tour of all the ramps, Patrick, mm-hmm. and almost all of them had the first the top floor of the ramp was empty. And most of the the second tier was empty, and, and of course they're leased, but nobody's up there. So, well, what time of day was it? It was in, during the, the okay. middle of the day. So you just don't you don't believe that they're being used? They're being leased but not I, used. I, or, I guess what? they're being leased but not used. Well, but the the space is there. But l- let's come back to this proposal. Okay, so we've got okay. partner public private partnership. It's unique. It's, it hasn't been done here before, and, and so I'm I'm looking at that and saying, okay. And, and this comes down to a, a theme that runs through the city council frequently is that the administration and the, bureauc- the bureaucracy of, of, of the uh, department heads mm-hmm. say this is a good thing, and then we're all just supposed to say, yes, it is, no, and vote I mean, yes. that's, it's kind of built into the system. Hold on just a minute, Teresa. We're going to take a short break here, and Teresa's going to stay through the news at the top, and we're going to continue this discussion. It'll be a little while, but we're going to sit and chat. It's going to be fun. Okay. This right. is the Patrick Lally <laughs> Show on Information 1000 KSOO. You keep putting... Three fifty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Crowded house, something so strong. Hey, folks, coming up December 14, 15, 16, 17, it's one of the big events of the Christmas season. That's Christmas at the Cathedral, at the Cathedral of St. Joseph, up on the hill. Can't miss it. All four nights at 7.30 p.m. plus a 1 p.m. performance on Saturday and 2 p.m. on Sunday. Proceeds benefit the Bishop Dudley House and Cathedral of St. Joseph ongoing care and maintenance endowments. Uh, go to ccfesd.org for more information about that. It is, as I said, a big deal. Tickets sell out pretty fast, so if you want them, you got to go get them. Uh, coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more to Teresa Staley about the downtown project, and we'll try and squeeze in some other stuff, too. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Jim Enman, candidate for mayor, he'll be up after Teresa. Your car's been crashed. Where do we take it? The officer asked. Marv's Body Shop. If you've got an offender bender, a neat collision repair, perhaps you'll visit our website. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. We're returning to our conversation. Little appropriate uh, lyrics there for Mr. Petty for uh, Teresa Staley. Uh, who's who? I, for the record, is not a Tom Petty fan. I've been formed, but that's okay. That's okay, Teresa. You just got luck of the draw with Tom Petty there. Um, well, let's let's return to this this hotel and parking ramp discussion. What do you want to have happen? I I I, w- I want this thing to get uh, deferred. I want to to slow this thing down. 
I want to go back and, and reevaluate what our needs are. I, I'd really like this to, to hold off until the new administration comes in uh, because they're the ones who are going to be implementing this. I think it's too expensive, $21 million. I, I want to ensure the public we're not building a gold-plated uh, parking ramp. And well, why do you think day, it's that much? At the, well, because it, it is. It's, I mean, it's twenty-one million. Yeah, but and and we're gonna we're gonna have uh, at the end of the day, we're gonna capture three hundred ninety new spaces. And so, it's it, it. Let's just take a step back. You say it's too expensive because per stall, which is how these things are measured, it has a higher per stall price than what is than normal. That, right. Right. And 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 let me just say, Joe Sneevy uh, in the Argus Leader today on the front page had a very good article where he did some research about Minneapolis, Chicago, and New York. And we're, we're double the price that they are in that per per, space. For, now, why is that? Do you know why that no, is? No, I don't know why that is. But I also have seen that, and, and I know you're not going to like me bringing this up. That's okay. But Drake Springs caught 11 years ago. I'm not going to like you bringing that yeah, up. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I know you very well, Patrick. Yeah, there but you go. 11 years ago, we paid $4.7 for Drake Springs, which ended up being a whole different pool than what we had wanted when we did a petition drive for that. And I was in my hometown of Mobridge this summer. They built a, a pool that's twice the size of Drake Springs last year. And I called their finance officer when I got home. I said, what did it cost? She said, now, Teresa, realize we're in Mobridge. We're, we're out in the boondocks. That we paid premium price for our pool, $3.3 million. Okay. And so I just want to make sure that our citizens in Sioux Falls aren't getting billed up uh, J- jacked why, up prices. What, why would the prices be jacked up I, for I a parking know. ramp? I, I Pat, now there's well, a, I, when I, I look at and I don't know I don't know that I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm just asking. It is downtown, which makes it more expensive to build, right? Than as when well, Scott Ayers was on the show, he's well, talking about the airport ramp is less. Why was it 17 or 18 million uh, last spring, and now it's it's gone up to 21 million? I, I don't know the answer to that, but there are aspects of it. Uh, it's on quartzite. You know, you're going to have to blow the ground to bits down there to get everything to work, right? I mean, these are costs. Well, I just, I'm, I'm hoping we're not having any sweetheart insider trading deals. Well, we, we don't, we don't always know. What I will tell you, being in the city, city council, mm-hmm. and more in, in the, the bowels of government, mm-hmm. I have seen an attitude that is, is disregarding, disregardful disregarding if that's what those are words but that disregards the the taxpayers money and i i treat their money our money as if it's my own money mm-hmm. i've got a, the greatest respect for this money now it and should I, be pointed out too that if folks don't know this it, it's being paid for by a bond that is serviced by the fees on parking right Am I understanding that, that correctly? That's what, well, that's the plan. Do you that's have a, the plan. Well, but what, you got to have backup, a plan. Yeah, and the backup plan is the second penny being tied as for collateral. So that's like me asking you to come, hey, yeah. Pat, I'm going to buy a new house. Would you be the second signer on that for me? I, you'll never have to come forth and, I understand. and make good on it. But we it. have the ability to borrow the money if we hadn't. Right? Well, that, and I've been saying uh, from the get-go. Whether we should or not leave is Leave that question. out. And then the other thing, the investors. We, let's talk about the investors. Yeah. We got. I want to know the names of the people we're partnering with. Mm-hmm. I've said that s- since day one. And they're fighting me on it. I, I said, I even said. We know, oh, the, we know the company. It's legacy, legacy development. Right. But you don't know who the money and is. And they for. have apparently yeah. haven't rounded up their investors. I have had contractors call me and say, well, we think it's this person and this person and this person. I don't know. But I'm thinking if you're doing business with the city of Sioux Falls, you mm-hmm. should not be embarrassed 
to or in any way shape or form mm-hmm. hesitant to tell us that you're you're the guy you're the yeah. person i mean or are we doing business with someone from china or russia or and the point here is this this is not like a normal rfp process where we're using some land and somebody's developing it we actually are in partnership on this project right and you know what i'm going to equate this to another thing that came to me today it would be like me having my house that i've paid for I'm, or maybe I'm, I'm still making a payment on a house and, and a restauranteur comes up and says, hey, we want to put a restaurant on top of your house. We're going to attach to you. And I'm like, oh, OK. And uh, well, what do you what am I going to get out of the deal? Well, we'll let you park in your driveway, maybe. But uh, I say, well, who, who's going to be involved with this restaurant project? Well, we can't tell you that. And, and then I'm like, well, what if the restaurant goes out of business? Then who's going to cover the costs for maintenance or uh, vacancies or whatever? I, well, we can't tell you that either. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I just think we need a little more information on this. Slow it down. Uh, I'm I'm hearing from citizens nobody thinks it's a good deal, Patrick. Well, uh, okay. Well, I, and, and I'm here to represent the people. It's not just what Teresa Staley. You wants. will have that's going to come to the council fairly soon, right? I well, know you want it to wait, but it's going to come to council fairly no, soon. Well, first reading is tomorrow night. All right there Tuesday you go. Tuesday night. But you don't really get to talk about it tomorrow. Do no, you? we we get to talk. A citizen can come and speak at the public input but at not, the beginning. And then second reading, you have a broader. Second discussion. reading is the first uh, Tuesday right. of December. Right. I think it's, it's coming like fast. Fifth. Yes, Teresa's. We got to wrap this up. Okay. Thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate it, Patrick. It's always a pleasure. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information One Thousand. KSOO. Mayoral candidate Jim Entman is up next, and we'll see you in just after this break. Real events, real people. And it's 416 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And I am quite pleased to have in the studio today Mr. Jim Enneman, because Mr. Enneman, former city councilor, and uh, longtime Sioux Falls businessman is running for mayor. Jim, thanks for coming in. You bet, Patrick. Thank you for inviting me. So you are a successful, semi-retired businessman <laughs> in Sioux Falls. You were on the council. You did your bit. Yeah. You've done. You've been in community organizations. You've you've worked hard for Make a Wish and all these different things associated with JNL Harley. Why, in the name of all that's holy, would you want to be mayor of Sioux Falls? Well, you know, a lot of people ask me that question. I bet. And, uh, you know, right now, quite honestly, I'm really in a position uh, with my life, with my business, with my family to be able to make this step. You know, um, a lot of discussion with my kids and and with my wife. And, uh, you know, I think that I'm just in a position right now to commit the next eight years of my life to helping the city of uh, Sioux Falls continue to grow and be prosperous and create a good place for all of us to live. And so you have been involved in a lot of stuff. Um, you were one of the leaders of the event center push. Yeah. That's, that's probably one of your main accomplishments during your, did you do a f- two terms or just one? I did one term, on one the term on the council. Yes. Yep. Um, but that was a really, uh, uh, primary focus for you and the council and everybody during that sure, time. It was a big deal. Um, despite all the kerfuffle over the siding, and what's your assessment of the facility now that it's up and running? Well, you know, I was involved in two task forces on the event center uh, prior to getting on the city council. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting the years that we, that year that we ran, all four of us that ran for the city council that got elected as well as the mayor, mm-hmm. all endorsed 
the event center. And we all believed it was time to build the event center. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I think the citizens uh, said that it was time to. And I think it was that way. It proved out that way because of the vote. Uh, I think it is probably one of the most important things that I accomplished when I was on the city council. Um, I was a pusher to get it done, to go for it right away. I, uh, there were a number of people that wanted to wait a year before we got it done. But, you know, economic times were a little bit tough back then. Yeah. And it looked like it was a great opportunity uh, because contractors were looking for jobs, right? Um, and it looked like it was one of those things that it made sense. I think we could get it paid for. Uh, the city owned the land. Um, and it promised to be a, a good investment. And quite honestly, I mean, if we sit back and look now at the number of people, the number of events that we've had, the sales tax dollars that we've collected because we've got that event center, it was the right time to build it. And uh, honestly, I, I think it was the right place to build it for the time that we did it in. We clearly needed it and it needed it for many Long years, year, but yeah. couldn't get it, get up off the right. deck. Um, and it's true that if if it would have been a couple, three years later, it would have been significantly more expensive because, as you point out— And harder to get built, too, yeah, by the way. it would have been tougher. Um, there's no doubt about that. It could have been done, but it would have been tougher and more expensive. Um, do you sincerely believe that it has added to the tax revenue? I mean, to me, those are kind of two different—we needed it. There's no question about that. We had to pay for it somehow. The state wouldn't let us mm-hmm. use any of the tools that other places get to use, so we had to do it all on our right. own. And, I mean, you know, Dave Munson tried and tried and tried to get that passed, and they shot him down. But do you – that's all true. But do you believe, honestly, that it actually has significantly contributed to extra sales tax revenue? Yeah, I do believe it has, quite honestly. For example – Because revenue has not been great, as you know. No. Well, we've had problems with revenue. There's no doubt about it. It's Mm -hmm. been flat. Well, it's even flat and down for the whole state of South Dakota. Yep. So if it's down for the state of South Dakota, but if we're flat to maybe 1% ahead, Mm -hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that it's been successful. If you look at some of the events that we've had, if you look at how many shows that Garth Brooks did, what, nine sold-out shows? 72 shows. I don't know what it was. Unbelievable. (laughs) Over a hundred and some thousand people saw his his show here, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at the success of the Summit League and what they do and the number of people that they bring in and the night's visits that they have, it's not just sales tax, but it's room tax. It's uh, those that are in retail that reap uh, some rewards from people coming and spending time in this town. You know, in Sioux Falls, unlike the rest of South Dakota, it's not about the tourism business because, honestly, for us, it's about the visitor business. And it's about trying to get people to stay more than one night, to stay multiple nights in this town, to enjoy the town. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's been a, a significant uh, success for us, and it has definitely added to the construction of additional hotels um, and a number of other things that have happened throughout the area. We're talking with Jim Eneman. He is a former city councilor and current candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls in the April election. Um, I, let's. I want to talk about the siding just for a second. While we're talking about, I was going to do it later, but let's just do it now. Uh, this was all happened after you were off the council. Yeah. But did you agree with the secret settlement or the confidential settlement, as it's called, over the siding? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think what the, uh, what the administration and what that team thought is that one of the avenues in negotiating was the ability to, to have a confidential settlement. I believe that that's one of the tools that they thought that they had uh, in their toolbox at the time that maybe helped to facilitated in their mind that it was done. Would I have done that? No. It was, 
I remember driving down uh, Western Avenue with Councilor Rex Rolfing, and Rex lo- and I was on the city council at the time. Right. And Rex looking at that building, and he said, look at that. That siding is rippling. And I looked at it, and I thought, oh, I thought it was supposed to be that way, quite honestly. So did I. Yeah. I mean, I didn't <laughs> think it looked bad, right? I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea either. And he made that comment, and, of course, there got to be some discussion going on. Um, and that discussion was going on when I was on the city council. But I do not know what the negotiations were. I don't know how they decided on the settlement. Uh, what well, you I have wouldn't done if it, you were on the council. Yeah, right. I wouldn't have if I was on the council. But quite honestly, if I was in charge at that time, I don't think that I would have kept it. I would have been concerned about the way it looked and, and if it was adequate. And I believe using the citizens' money, that that's something that we should have paid a little bit more attention to. Mm-hmm. And I think the settlement could have been said, hey, guys, we're willing to make a settlement, but we're going to let the people know what's happening. Um, I, I believe that I would have done it that way. So um, I think the way the proceedings went, once the, they made their decision to do that, I mean, the Argus leader didn't like it. They took it to court. Mm-hmm. They won. The mayor released the information, right. right? That was a process that was set up. Yep. But I don't think I would have went that way. Do you, I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, the, whether the siding is uh, rippling or not, um, you know, we need to find out whether right. it's, if, it, what the results of this next report are. Uh, and it's, it, is a, it is a minuscule little piece of a very large project. But do you think it's, it sort of has, not tainted, but, you know, it's a little side note stain to what has otherwise been a pretty successful operation. Yeah, unfortunately, it is one of those things. You're right. It is a stain. It is something that happened. It's unfortunate it happened, uh, and we would have been better off if it didn't. But I don't think that it, it, it should take away from what the success of that event center has been. Uh, it has been a big success for the community. It's been a big success for that area right around there, too. Well, uh, I mean, that's another question. We haven't seen a lot. No, we haven't. Yet. But it has. But but I think private individuals, private companies have got to step up and get involved with this, right? Mm-hmm. I think an entertainment district was declared by Mayor Huther and, right. and by his ta- team, and they're willing to put some effort forward. I, we do have a brand new hotel and a lounge and stuff that are being built. Right, across the street. Uh, exactly. I think, you know, there's very limited space in that area for other development. There's not much land that the city owns around no, there. No, that's we, in we, the hands of private ownership. It is. Or... You know, I know the I know the mayor's office has been working, trying to get uh, possession of the Naval Reserve Center, the old mm-hmm. one that's been abandoned now. I know the jail is, you know, they're they're working on building a new jail, and then once that's done, I'm assuming maybe uh, if the, the city would kick in a little more for the jail. You never know. That's a discussion <laughs> that somebody's got to have, but it's not my discussion right now, man. Not not yet. Not no. yet. Um, we are going to come back right after the news and talk more with Jim Eneman. He is a former city councilor. He is a semi-retired uh, businessman. And I can say semi because I know you're hanging out there. You can't. Well, I have to hang out yeah. there. It's been my life for 40-some years, <laughs> That's man. That's right. And our current mayor, mayoral candidate will come right back after this. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Hi, this is Ch- 432 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing to chat with mayoral candidate, former city councilor, semi-retired businessman, <laughs> Jim Eneman. You keep throwing that at I, me, Patrick. I do, because I, I just want to warn everybody over JNL that you're probably coming back later today, right? <laughs> no, I think I might skip out today. Oh, okay. That's probably good. So yeah. tell me, what have you been doing on the campaign trail? Obviously, well, this, is, this whole thing with the mayor's races is starting way earlier than it used to. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. declared already, and that used to didn't happen at all after the first of the year. Yeah. So- have you did you just 
launch into this earlier? Have you gone whole hog? What have you been doing? Well, you know, I was very fortunate. You know, you and I have been talking a little bit about our lives and about business and up in the North End. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of fun to touch base on that stuff again. But, you know, I actually worked with my secession plan for my kids for over 10 years. Wow. And that came to fruition the first of this year. So in reality, in, in uh, March, when we declared our candidacy, I, I did per- pretty much totally retire from uh, from the business. My sons have assumed all the operations of it, and my brother and I have retired. Of course, uh, my customers are my friends, and uh, so we continue to ride motorcycles and have fun, and, and of course, I've got to go up to the store to check in on the boys to make mm-hmm. sure they're s- still able to p- give me a paycheck, right? Yeah, so, Do you think they've put some sort of like monitoring device on your car so they know when you're You know, coming? I think they did. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I think they did. But that being said, you know, it's it's something that I've really looked forward to doing for a long time. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm ready to make the commitment for the city of Sioux Falls to, I think we got a great community. I love this community. I love where we live. Um, and, and, and I do believe that, you know, I'd like to help lead us for the next eight years Mm -hmm. in the direction of be a progressive community, continue to look at ways that we can grow, um, and continue to look at ways that we can continue to provide for our citizens in the community, give us a good place to live. You know, the heart of America, as Terry Schmidt says, uh, that's what we are here in Sioux Falls. And I truly believe believe that but that being said we're working hard on the campaign we're getting out we're meeting and greeting a lot of people of course we've got to raise a little bit of money you Mm -hmm. know to to look at this campaign as we really get going after the first of the year how much money do you think you need because you know the uh huther's mike huther's first election uh that really kind of elevated the level they always go up they never go down they always do but that elevated the level of spending in the race I mean, how much do you need to run for mayor these well, days, legitimately? I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. People can figure it out for themselves what they think they need to do. But you, you do got to get your message out there to people. And, and I do plan to do a door-to-door campaign here, too, after the first year. We're going to mm-hmm. start walking and talking to different people out on the street. Um, and we, we need to get the message out there. Um, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people in Sioux Falls that know who I am, but mm-hmm. they don't necessarily know where I came from or what I really believe in mm-hmm. and, and uh, how hard I truly want to work for the citizens of Sioux Falls. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity. And, um, you know, you said, like you said, we've got about eight candidates running for mayor now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. We might see one or two more drop in here before we have to file our petitions. Everybody says that, but I, I'm... I, I've been waiting for the the, the, <laughs> ni- the ninth shoe to drop, as we like to say. Um, let I, I just want to touch on one thing with the event yeah. center before we 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 go on. As we said, you were very involved with it. Yes. Um, is there anything that you would do differently that you wish you would have been able to do with the event center that either wasn't possible monetarily, politically? I mean, well, you know, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, early on, I was very much a proponent to put it downtown when I first when I first started to get involved with that. Yep. But the reality soon set in that hey, unless the railroad moved, it wasn't going to happen, right? Right. Um, and uh, I really thought that we needed to get it done sooner than later, Patrick. And I think the political climate at the time um, that we went ahead and we got it done really proved to be be good the number of people that showed up for the election it was a record uh number of folks that Mm -hmm. turned out you know over 55 percent of the people voted for the event center uh it was a significant win for the community of sioux falls um and even today it's kind of funny you know you talk to people out there and and i can't really see too many not too many people out there say they didn't vote for it anymore (laughs) Uh, and just about everybody we know uh has uh attended a show out there um so i think we've been very fortunate as a community it made sense to do it and we got it done and and uh, now we need to look to the future and what we need to do uh, for this for this community as we go forward. We're talking with Jim Eneman. He is a mayor for can- 
candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls. The election is April 10th, first round runoff May 1, and there will be a runoff, right? Well, that's what we're th- that's what we're planning on. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. I would now. think so with eight people. Uh, and, you know, it's a pretty Unless good... Unless I'm lucky enough to get 50% yeah. plus one vote, man. That would be... That would, <laughs> That'd be impressive. Um, <laughs> one, what do you think about the baseball stadium? I mean, not to stay on facilities, but uh, there's discussion now that maybe we need that room for parking, uh, build a new baseball stadium somewhere else, maybe downtown, but somewhere else. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I've had a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of people throw that out there too. I know the city does have a pretty good investment in the facility that we have right now. Mm-hmm. There's also some contracts out there for that facility. Yeah, it needs um, some work right now. Yeah, I know that needs some work, but also, you know, the uh, there's a contract for a team using that place. That's that's oh uh, sure that extends for a little bit in time. I think you know it's something that we need to look at. You know, I, I hear the mayor's got a. Uh, I read in the newspaper the mayor's got a group looking at the arena. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what should be done in that area too to the arena uh, i heard that report should come to us for the first of the year you know i'm not against looking at uh, other places for a baseball field or or what's the use of that baseball field as we go forward it's something we'd have to look at i'm not in a position right now to decide okay. or to make a decision what to do and now mercifully we're going to move on to a new subject okay um, <laughs> i want to talk about transportation any time you and you know this from being involved in the community for so long anytime you see a list of needs in our community mm-hmm. for whether it's low income middle income whatever it's transportation mm-hmm. uh there are several elements to this but first of all the bus system there's talk about making a grid or what do we need to do to our bus system to make it better well, I think the first thing was just done. I know I was downtown when they had the ribbon cutting for the new bus depot downtown mm-hmm. and very nice facility. Um, and it, it really tends to some of the needs of our, of our, of our citizens that have special needs out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very happy to see that there's a bike repair station yeah. there, yep. which is kind of cool. Privately donated. By yeah. The way. And that's yep. fantastic. You know, um, so that's the first step in it. I know there's been some complaints about some of the routes not extending to certain areas of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when we were on this, when I was on the city council before, huge discussions um, about paratransit and how that fits into everything. And do you think that that paratransit discussion, because they get joined together, now they are together in concept, but the FIC system and the paratransit system have completely different uh challenges very true and really the paratransit discussion while important seems to get us away from the issue of mass transit for everybody and and i think that's something that we need to continue to have some dialogue on i know there's been some effort to bring different groups of people together to see how that paratransit and mass transit can come together i do know that we that we need to look at where we're going to expand some of our our uh, bus routes. I, I know down in some the southeast part of town, there's some there's areas, no some challenges. There's there. no buses on yeah. the southeast and part on of the town. west part of town. There's some challenges too, as right. far as the reach of those. Yep. I know they're they've been looking at that and trying to figure out what to do. I'll be honest with you, I'm not totally versed on it, but mm-hmm. I do believe it's something we need to continue with. And how is it going to best serve the citizens? And what is the 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 most efficient way of getting it done? I agree with you. We need to continue to look at it. Um. Sometimes it becomes just a money issue. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see it as just a money issue? Not just a money issue, no. 
because sometimes there's just, and I think it's proven out to this point, that it's just the right thing to do as far as providing services, right? But it's not a social service. No, it's not a social service. But, you know, it's always going to have to have some kind of subsidy because it does not pay for itself. Um, What what does pay for itself, though? One of the things that people talk about all the time, and I've had city planners in here saying this, is everybody thinks that growth pays for itself that every time the city gets bigger, that the development taxes all pays for itself, but it doesn't. No, because you've got expenses in police and a number of other things that go out there. What pays for itself is the enterprise funds that we do have, like the, like our, uh, like the dump that we have, right? Mm-hmm. That pays for itself. Our water and sewer with our rates, we pay for our water and sewer. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the parking downtown, whether it's lot parking or whatever, we're very fortunate it's that we've been able fees. to pay for that. So yep. we do have the enterprise funds that are pretty much self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. But you're right, as a city begins to grow and you have to put in the streets and you have to maintain those streets, mm-hmm. there is an expense to that and that's what the tax dollar goes to pay and for. Isn't transportation just like streets and sewer lines and everything else. Public transportation, especially today, the demand for public transportation is increasing. Yep. No doubt about it. So that is some service that we have to do. But you, as you also mentioned, the paratransit service that we have is very, very expensive. It is. And it serves a great group of people here. So it is a very fine balance, balancing act of what the responsibilities are for the city. And the fact so is as get, we study yeah. more of it, I agree. We need to look at more of it, and we need to look at expanding the bus system. We do. The fact is you don't get any help from the state. We... Nope. Uh, Let's, Zero, let, let's zip, look at it this zilch. way. In the city of Sioux Falls, if we're going to get something done, we're going to have to get it done ourselves. Yes. Which is different from the way it is a lot of other places, but we're going to move on. Um, actually, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and talk more with Jim Eneman, uh, who is a candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls. We're going to talk a little bit about roads, sales tax revenue, and some stuff. Sounds this is, good. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Hi, folks. Chad here from the Main Street Cafe. 446 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are going to go to lightning round here with Jim Eneman, candidate for mayor of Sioux Falls in the April election. We've been bouncing around on some topics. Uh, Jim, so public safety, we were just talking about it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big issue. Do you believe that Sioux Falls has is less safe than it was when... You were growing up and I was growing up. Really? Is it less safe? Well, I think back when you and I were growing up, we were the problem, Patrick. Yeah, that might have been true. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> yeah, no let, let's just move on from okay, that because we'll I don't want to get into any details. No, so here, here, here's what I think. I think that, that there are more challenges out there today just because of the world that we live in, okay? Uh, our community has grown, and anytime you get growth, um, new problems do come, okay, and, and things do change. Um, I think we've got a great police department here, and I think that they've done a fantastic job uh, with the resources that they have. I know when I talk to people out on the streets, safety is an issue for a lot of people. Um, But do you think, and this is the point I often want to make, sometimes people, um, yeah, we all want to be safe. That's a a basic city function. But do you think that sometimes folks right now are overblowing the changes? Okay. Is there a danger in associating everything that is every crime, everything that people perceive as bad as something that came into our city, whether it's immigrants or just people from other cities or because of the growth? 
You know, it's, oh, it's all these people who have come here. Yeah. That's why it's not what it used to be. You know, in everybody's business or in, in, in any organization, there's, we call them one percenters or two percenters, right? There's always a one percent or two percent of every organization, of every, of every group of people out there that are bad people, right? It's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Our community is just larger today. Um, and of course, the internet, you know, what we see on the, on the news and, and, yep. the, in, in the new, and the fake news that we get and everything right. that goes along with that just creates a sense of anger. And, and, and people, especially parents, you know, get a little, you know, you hear about all the bad stuff that's happening. And of course, we want to be protective of our kids and our grandkids. Um, as a percentage, are things worse today than, than when we were kids? Probably not. Uh, but I think things are just blown up so much more because of the different media venues and stuff that we have today, right? But we do have to ensure that our local police department, our local um, fire rescue people do have the tools to be successful mm-hmm. in their job. And they need the support of the city and uh, of its citizens. And I think we've got a great community, and our, and our community here supports our police department, our sheriff's department, and all of those first responders that we have out there. Do we have enough police? Sometimes You never have enough. You never have enough, Patrick. Uh, but I think that the, our our chief in the department and the administration has done a pretty good job with 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 the force that we do have. You know, training a police officer takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. and of course, it's a career for them. And sometimes they don't think it's their career, and we we've spent a lot of time and money training them, and they decide it's not for them, and mm-hmm. they move on. You know, some of the new young guys. But it's something that we have to continue to do. We're all looking for new employees in our businesses. You only have to look at the school district numbers based on uh, which I talked a lot about and, and the superintendent's been in here. That, And I don't mean to get drag you into school issues, but when you look at the free and reduced lunch mm-hmm. numbers at each of the elementary schools, what you see is this balkanization of the city and a growing divide between uh, well people who are well off and, and people who are under the poverty level. Is there anything the city can do in terms of this the clustering. We are we have clusters of poor people where you've got schools that are 100% free and reduced lunches and schools that are 15% free mm-hmm. and reduced lunch. That's a clear divide. Is there anything the city should be worried about? And can the, is there anything the city should do about that? Well, I know when the city does look at development, when they look at needs for affordable housing and uh, different kinds of housing, they don't cluster things. They try to spread it out throughout our whole uh, throughout the whole city, right? The different types of housing and stuff that we have. I know they make an effort to do that. Uh, of course, you can't force people to to live in areas that they don't want to live either or where they feel comfortable about living. You know, you talk about the immigrant population that's coming into our community. These folks are coming here because of the opportunities that we provide them, right? Um, my ancestors, my grandfather, my great-grandfather came over from Germany. He moved right into here, right into Sioux Falls, and he never knew how to speak English at all, Wow! right? Yeah. And so we all came from different places. We honestly did. So what we can do as a city, and, and uh, we can facilitate this at the mayor's office, is that we can bring groups of people together and we try to figure out how we can take the best of all of our cultures and blend it in. And we're going to do nothing but get better if we're able to do that. And there's a lot of organizations in the city that are working on that. I know the city is involved and they've got some initiatives along the same line. And they take a lot of heat for it. You know, they take heat for it, but we got to keep working at it because yeah. we're better than uh, those areas that reject the immigrants coming in. We truly are better than that here. So we need to work at it, and it is work. Um, but these folks that move in here, they want to be part of this community. And, you know, it might be the second or third generation before we're able to really get everybody assimilated in here. But it's worth the effort. We need to continue to do it. Um, you and I grew up two blocks apart. I just <laughs> was thinking about this as we were talking earlier. Would you move back up to the North End? Yes, I would. 
Yes, I would. In yeah. fact, a lot of times I'm looking at some of the houses that are up there and I keep remind, looking at some of these older homes that are up there and just mm -hmm. thinking about that. Would I have a problem moving anywhere in this city? No, I wouldn't have, Patrick. But you and I have lived here forever. Um, uh, and I just wouldn't have it, you know. Yeah. I've been very fortunate. Sioux Falls has been very good to me. Uh, I made a good living for it. But, uh, but I also believe in giving back to this community, as you spoke to earlier. And I believe in that. Com I, I still go up into the North End and walk around and stuff. I don't have a problem with it. No. I always tell people Terrace Park was a lot worse in the 70s than it is now. Yes, it was. Um, sales tax grow revenue is yeah. not what it used to be. Right. Uh, Mayor Huther says we need to focus on roads and infrastructure. Yeah. Is that the correct approach? Well, first of all, we got to have great infrastructure in or if the city's going to continue to grow. And we got to keep up on the needs and the repair of that. And fortunately, we do have those enterprise funds that deal with the water and the sewer. Mm -hmm. Streets, yeah, we've got to spend money on streets and keep them good. If there's one thing I've learned, people like clean streets in the wintertime. They like snow off of the streets and they don't like potholes in the spring. But do we have bad roads in Sioux Falls? No, our roads overall aren't bad. What we have is a very short construction season. Right. Right? That's the issue that we have. And but a brutal you know, winter. But yeah. you know what it's like to ride a bicycle in and, and hit a pothole or a groove in a road. And I know what it's like to do the same thing on a motorcycle. Right. And it's not fun. No, it's not fun. But people seem to have an outsized uh, uh, idea that the roads are terrible here. The roads are terrible. I hear it all the time, and I'm like, I don't see these bad roads. What are you talking about? Yeah, the city's got a really good plan, and Mark Cotter and the team down there, they do a great plan of identifying the city where we need to go in and do a chip and overlay. Uh, they also identify where we need to do some massive rebuilding and they try to cycle through a life cycle on these streets to get it done. Now, potholes are always going to develop because ice is terrible, mm -hmm. as we know, and you're always going to have issues like that. And they like to address those things on a temporary basis. And they depend on us, the citizens, to give them a call and let them know when there are some issues with it. But if we're going to grow, you know, you got to look at where our sewer is because honestly, mm -hmm. Wherever the sewer is, that's the direction we're going to grow. And we have know. expanded the sewer quite a bit. We've expanded it going east, but mm -hmm. going west, we've reached, we've reached the point of no return now. There's mm -hmm. not much more we can do going west. Mm -hmm. So we need to look at all that infrastructure, and, and I can't wait till I get an opportunity to get in there and look at all of it and see what we can do is from a planning standpoint for a long-term planning standpoint. I was going to ask you more about transparency. We're out of time. Yeah. We, there's so many other issues that we could get into, we, and we will. Um, uh, for, with all the candidates, people should know these are not the only time I will be talking to mayoral candidates. But, Jim Miniman, thanks for coming in for the, uh, the first round of interviews. Patrick, as always, I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Oh man, I had fun today. Thanks for being here with me. Hey folks, coming up on uh, November twenty-third. That is Thursday. That is Thanksgiving at eight a.m. at the banquet. Before you stuff your belly with Thanksgiving dinner, get a little exercise and help out a great cause. The run is no frills, no no T-shirt, no clock, no registration. A ten-dollar donation will be accepted. For the banquet. And tomorrow we got Madeline Shields on the program. We're going to talk all about that. You're going to want to tune in. That's coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. know someone who's a creative graphic designer but they're not happy where they're at there's a rare full-time opening for a full-time graphic designer marketing assistant at results radio town square media it's full-time 40 hours a week position who are we looking